We're talking about Sundays can make better Mondays. Last week we talked about Sundays can surprise you, and we had a surprise for each of you who were here. How many of you here last week? How many of you got your box of Cracker Jacks? Yeah, you enjoy that? For how many of you, for how many of you was that your first box of Cracker Jacks you've ever had? Look at that. How about that? You know, and, and, and uh, there was a surprise inside, but they got a little chinchy on that from when I was a kid. You used to get a little toy or something. Now I think it was a sticker or a tattoo thing, I think. Mine was with Washington Nationals. I don't even pull for them. So I got a Washington National sticker. But, but uh, I saw some of you eating your box of popcorn as you walked out Sunday morning after the 11 o'clock service. So, well, how would you like a Sunday? Hmm? The major will make that one look good? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. You pay attention. Don't sleep. Pay attention. Be good in here today. Uh, retain everything that I say. And we'll give you a card, a gift card for a free Sunday from Sonic this week. How about that? We got a deal? Got a deal? All right. All right, that means no sleeping, no notes, uh, no, no texting, none of that kind of stuff, okay? I don't want to turn around real sudden light and see somebody in the choir, sleep, nodding, scare them to death, you fall out the chair, okay? All right. So, to uh, show you what we're going, why, why we thought we'd go with this Sunday's idea, um, look at a couple of uh, church signs with me. I, I, like to, I like to see what churches put out on their marquee. I think really the best thing you ought to do is just put something about your times of worship, uh, Bible study, and that, because sometimes the signs can get a little bit ridiculous. But here we go. We've got some signs. Let's take a look at a couple of them. All right, very simple. What's missing from church? You are, if you're not here on Sunday. All right, pretty good one. All right, next one. Walmart is not the only saving place. Well, unfortunately, that's more true probably than what takes place in the life of a lot of churches. This ought to be a great harvest reaping place right here. Now, you read that one? That's a strong message in that to everybody. And there are some very powerful uh, commercials on television about that. No texting while you're driving, okay? I don't like that. Honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. Now, so don't do that. Don't anybody do that, okay? All right, next one we got. There we go. Try our Sundays. They are better than Baskin Robbins. All right, here's the, here's the next one. All right, our Sundays are better than Dairy Queen. Well, not to put Baskin Robbins and Dairy Queen in comparison, we've got you a gift card to Sonic for a free Sunday. If you pay attention, no dozing, and you retain everything that we're talking about. All right? Now, the issue is then, why this emphasis on, um, on Sundays, worshiping on Sunday? Obviously, you're here. So this message today is for those who aren't here, Right? So, I think one of the reasons is because of the attitude we have about Sunday. It's kind of a catch-up day. It's a rest day for a lot of people. And I've been asked to say something about those who have to work on Sundays, and I understand that. Uh, we have some who have to work on Sundays in the medical profession. Some are in other professions that they have to work every other weekend. I understand that. I'm not putting you down. I'm not criticizing you. But I do give you a word of admonishment, and that is if you have to work on Sunday, Make sure you have a Sabbath somewhere in your life that week, okay? Have some time that you have a Sabbath 
sometime that week if you have to work on Sunday. But Sundays have become kind of a catch-all for everything that we need to do to catch up and then try to get ahead on Monday. And when we do that, we'll find out that Mondays just don't go that well. And I found out that when Mondays don't go well, that usually means that the rest of my week's not going to go that well as well. So um, one of the major factors in Sundays not being for church attendance and, and, and worship and celebration as it should is simply because we're just, um, well, we're overburdened. We're overburdened with a whole lot of different things in life. Our schedule, pace of life, everything. I think there are three words that probably could describe most people and families today. Overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted. Now, some of you make it here on Sundays, but you still feel that way, don't you? Overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted. So what's the answer to that? It's interesting that Dr. Matthew Sleeth, uh, who is a, a medical writer and teaches a lot about faith and the environment, was asked in a recent conference by a person uh, what he or she could do as the best thing to start participating in the green movement. And there are a lot of things he could have said. You know, recycle on a regular basis. Uh, go to the uh, different light bulbs, whatever we're supposed to be using now. Uh, drive a more fuel-efficient uh, car, all those kinds of things. But that's not the direction he took to answer that question. When somebody said, what's the best thing I can do to participate in the green movement, he simply said, honor the Sabbath. Well, that's an interesting answer to that, isn't it? Honor the Sabbath. He has a book entitled, Serve God, Save the Planet. And this is what he said. He said, I believe that there are forces that would keep us so busy that we would never have time to live, and that God designed uh, a day of rest to keep those forces at bay. And we confuse working with living. So that's why we're dealing with this subject of about Sundays and what they can do. They can make better Mondays. Now, we got a little tongue-in-cheek video for you about don't go to church, okay? Let's let it roll. Fall is here. The leaves are changing, the temperature is dropping, and the kids are back in school. It's time to put away the barbecue, ditch the sunglasses, and you know, bust out the sweater collection. It's time to roll up your sleeves, tackle the 9 to 5, and get back to work. It's time to drive the kids here, there, and everywhere. That's right, fall is here, and I bet you're exhausted. You deserve a break. You know, a weekend to relax, catch your breath, and pace yourself. You should sleep in, skip church, and have a little me time. Besides, your team's playing this weekend, and I'm pretty sure kickoff is right in the middle of the offering. Don't worry about it. It's not like the pastor isn't preaching again next week. There's plenty of time to get involved, enjoy some community, and invest in your spiritual life. After all, it's fall, and you have enough going on already. Seriously? That's how you want to spend the weekend. Enjoying some me time instead of spending time with God.
You know, the same God who loves you and gave his son for you. The same God who has never once taken a day off from loving you. Good. I'm glad we understand each other. Hey, Paul is here. We'll see you at church. Oh, that's a powerful message. God has never taken a day off from loving you. And he's the one who gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. That's why we shouldn't take days off on Sunday to be our time. That's God's time. That's his day. His day for us to worship him. And the bottom line of that is that God has intended for Sundays to be the best day of our week. And I've found, and I think you would agree, that when we truly honor Sundays, then Sundays can make better Mondays. Now, what about Mondays? Why, why do we talk about the importance of Mondays and that? Well, because sometimes we actually, we do struggle to go into Mondays, you know. Mondays come and we drag into it. In fact, we talk about Blue Mondays. I didn't realize this. this uh, I, I guess it was before my time. But just doing a little Googling on Blue, Blue Mondays, found out sometime back, Fats Domino had a song out entitled Blue Monday. Any of you remember that song? You got to go, ah, yeah, some of you remember that. He talks about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all those days, you know, work days hard, and then he gets paid on Saturday. And then because of what he does on Saturday, he's got to sleep in on Sunday. Uh, and and he, it, the bottom line says, but I got to get my rest because Monday is a mess. You know, there actually is on the calendar a blue Monday. And it's the name given to a day in January, typically the third Monday of the month. That's supposed to be the most depressing day of the year. That's interesting, Blue Monday. Well, God doesn't want us to begin any week with a Blue Monday. That's why he gave us Sunday and gave us some guidelines about how we should Sabbath. Sabbath simply means, it means to rest and to celebrate God's presence. Jesus talked about the Sabbath this way. He said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. See, Jesus was saying it's not meant to be a burden of rules that, that weigh us down, but it's supposed to be a day in which we rest, we refuel, and we refocus on God because of who he is and what he's done for us. And when we do that, then we're better prepared to go into Monday, back to school, back to work, whatever it is that our routine is, if we honor the Sabbath. From our scripture today in Isaiah 58, they're just two verses, but they're packed with, with some powerful thoughts about this. Verses 13 and 14. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words... Then you will find your joy in the Lord. I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now isn't it interesting that so many years ago, on the Sabbath, people were doing some of the same things that people are doing today, God's people. They're breaking the Sabbath, they're doing as they please, they're calling the Sabbath a delight, and the Lord's day honorable. They're doing as you please, speaking idle words. But, he goes on to say, if you honor the Sabbath, then you will find joy in the Lord. 
And when you do that, your week is going to get off to a great start. Because Sundays can make better Monday. If you call the Sabbath a delight, then he says you will find your joy in the Lord. Now I just want to think about two basic points today as we look at this about the Sabbath and and how they make better Mondays. First of all, let's understand the purpose of the Sabbath. To do that, we go back to Deuteronomy, Old Testament, chapter 5. And the Lord says, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gate, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. To rest. No work, but to rest. Then he talks about the spiritual aspect. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So he talks about it being a day of rest. Then he talks about it being a sacred day and the fact that you remember. This is to the children of Israel now in the Old Testament. What God did, he delivered you from captivity, from slavery, from bondage. And because of that, you need to worship God and celebrate him and thank him. If you really look at what God has given to us there, there are 52 Sabbaths a year. Or you can look at it another way, and that figures out to be about seven and a half weeks of a spiritual Sabbath. And it reminds us that that's the way God has wired us so that we work that way. When he was putting together the rhythm of the world and the rhythm of the human life, he put an ebb and flow into place. He constructed us with, a, with our life, our body, our soul, our spirit, so that we work best in this where we, we confront and we withdraw. Where we, we engage life and then we withdraw. Where there's stress and then there's relief. If you've ever been in Israel uh, over a Sabbath, you will find that they really do celebrate. Uh, many, many years ago, there for a very brief time, we're looking forward to our trip going back. And that would be in the, in the summer of 2016. But we saw families really knowing how to celebrate the Sabbath and really enjoying that. The other thing I remember about it is, is all the elevators in every building are put on automatic, which means that every floor, that thing's going to stop, whether, whether you want it to or not. So if you get on an elevator over there in Israel on the Sabbath, be prepared to spend a long time because it's going to stop at every floor because they put it on automatic so that nobody will have to work to the extent of even pushing a button for the floor that you want on the elevator. It's just going to go up and down at its pace, okay? Now, if the Jewish people are that sincere about honoring the Sabbath, then we as believers in Christ have an even stronger reason to worship on Sunday and to make it a priority because this is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, the principle is the same, though, whether it's the Old Testament Sabbath or whether it's Sunday today in our church. And the principle is, take a day to rest, build it around God and family, worship, refuel, refocus, 
and make the Sabbath a delight. You see, the purpose of the Sabbath is so that we rest from work and that we honor God. We worship him. And, and, and we refocus on who he is on this day of worship. And we carry that with us uh, into the week that's before us. It's interesting when we look in Exodus 20 where Moses gave the Ten Commandments. And he said, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. He says, remember it. Then the second time, he says, is in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 12. And he changes the word there. And he says, he says, he says to honor the Honor, observe the Sabbath day. Isn't that interesting? One place he says remember, and the other he says says to look back and to observe. Remember, observe. Remember and observe. So that, that, that's that ebb and flow of life on the Sabbath. As we remember what God has done, then we observe the Sabbath as we worship God, we rest, we refuel, we're ready to enter into the week ahead of us. See, these first days after the Sabbath, then it should be a time of celebrating, looking back, and that should help make our Mondays go a little bit better. And then when it comes time again, we observe that Sabbath. And we're once again doing what God has commanded us to do, doing what's best for us, coming in to worship and rest and refocus and doing what God has called us to do. I know our culture and our society has changed a lot where some people have to work on Sundays. But again, let me tell you, Find a day to make a Sabbath on those weeks that you have to work on the weekends. Remember and observe. And we do that because we need to add balance into our life. And the reason for it is somebody has described us today as the fact that we wear busyness like a badge. And this is how our current society has been described. We worship our work. We work at our play. And we play at our worship. I think that's more true than what we realize when we first hear it. That's why we need to honor the Sabbath. That's why we need the sermon series and the message from God's word about the Sabbath and about how that becomes Sunday for us. Because we are guilty of worshiping our work, working at our play, and playing at our worship. And certainly we need to change that and get those priorities in order. I don't know whether you ever heard of this man by the name of Eugene O'Kelly, but he was 53 years old and the CEO of a major accounting firm when he was discovered to have an inoperable brain cancer. And he wrote a book, actually a guidebook on how to die, entitled Chasing Daylight. And he was described as being a controlling, orderly, privileged, powerful man who sometimes felt like an eagle on a mountaintop, and then to his astonishment, the mountain disappeared. And in the final months of his life, then he wrote these reflective words. He said, what if I hadn't worked so hard? What if aside from doing my job and doing it well, I had actually used the bully pulpit of my position to be a role model for balance? Had I done so intentionally, who's to say that besides having more time with my family, I wouldn't also have even more focused at work? more creative and more productive at work. The irony is that uh, Mr. O'Kelly died shortly after he wrote those words, and so he never got around to answering the questions. But I think it should leave us with the challenge. You know, you've got to always stop and, and, and sharpen the blade if you're going to continue to cut. 
Because the sharper the blade, the better it will cut. Whether that's your lawnmower blade, whether that's your axe blade, whether it's your chainsaw chain, or whatever it might be. And also remember this. No one on his or her dying bed said, I regret that I didn't spend more time at the office. Remember to get your priorities in order. That's why God gives us a Sabbath. We're called to remember that. Now, the Sabbath isn't a rigid observation. In fact, it's not as rigid as it used to be even in our country. Go back to 300 years ago. Nobody worked. No businesses were open. Okay? And, and people celebrated the Sabbath. They took times off. You know, there were no traveling kids, all-star teams for every ball in, in the world. Sunday was a day for rest and worship. And it sounds kind of old-fashioned, but you know what? While people didn't get as much done on Sundays... They relaxed more, and they were better prepared for Mondays, and they got more done on Monday and the rest of that week. Stores were closed because back then we had blue laws. You know the origin of that name, blue laws, for stores being closed on Sunday? I often wondered about that. It comes from the Puritans. You remember the Puritans? They were a group of people who came over here early and established our our land, and um, they would do nothing on, nothing on the Sabbath at all. Nothing on Sunday whatsoever that resembled work. In fact, if it was wintertime and the fire went out in the stove, they would not put any more wood on it because that was working. And so they would sit in their houses, freezing to death, bundled up in robes and blankets and everything else they could wrap themselves in except their nose so that they could breathe, obviously. And it was so cold that their nose would turn blue. And so they were known as blue noses, and when the laws were put in effect about having no businesses open, they were named in honor of the Puritans, and they were blue laws. That's just a little bit of history. That didn't cost you anything extra. I'm just throwing that in for you, okay? But this is what I marvel about. Even as far back as recent as 1985, there have been some kind of strange interpretations of these laws. In Texas, for example. Stores were open, but they could not sell any product that worked on Sunday. They could sell you a shirt because you would wear it, but they couldn't sell you a washing machine because you would use that and it would work. The hardware store would sell you a bag of nails, but they wouldn't sell you a hammer because you would use the hammer for work to drive the nails. And it can get ridiculous. See, the Sabbath is not a law we have to obey. But it's, a, it's a, a privilege that God has given to us to keep the balance in our life and to keep the rhythm going where we remember and we observe, where we remember and we observe. Six days you shall work. On the seventh day you shall rest. I mentioned the name Vincent Van Gogh. What do you immediately think of? Everybody's doing this. You cut off an ear. Some of you know about Vincent Van Gogh. A lot of different stories about that. Supposedly he cut it off and sent it to his lover. But you do some research on that and some different questions about that. I learned something about him. That's how I knew him, as a painter who cut off his ear. And I never saw a self-portrait after that. That's an interesting thing. Um, and all the pictures of him didn't show the side of what ear was missing. That's another interesting thing when you look at, do some study on him. But he was also, earlier in his life, was a very devout believer. In fact, he studied for the ministry. In fact, he spent five to six years 
ministering on, on the mission field to some poor miners. But he failed an entrance exam in the seminary, and then the church turned him down as he applied for a license or whatever to preach. And all of that kind of soured him on the church, which it should, but he didn't turn away from God. And, and later in, in his life, as he came to that period in his life where he was reflective and having to rest, uh, he, he did a painting entitled Noon Rest, and we've got a copy of it up here. Not as far out as some of the other things that he did, but just I think he captures that essence of that work. There's a husband and wife taking a little break from work. You see the hay get, uh, gathered around them. You see the, the um, they didn't have uh, machinery to harvest the wheat and all back then. They had to cut it by hand, and you see the instruments lying beside them. But there's that noon rest, I think. There's that concept that he had in his mind about why we needed to work. Of course, we follow the pattern of God, that God worked, and he put everything into place, and then on the seventh day, uh, he rested. Now... When God created the world and gave us the Sabbath, he wasn't giving us a law to obey, but a healthy pattern to follow. In Genesis 2, 2 through 3, we read this. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, there's another aspect of the purpose of the Sabbath. And this is where we've got to look forward. If you remember the other days of creation, at the end of every one of them, it says and there was evening and morning and it was the first day or the second day or the sixth day or whatever. But when we come to this, the seventh day where God rests, there is no such statement as that. And the reason for it is that rest was incomplete because it pointed to someone who was yet to come. And the writer of the book of Hebrews gives us, first of all, a hint about that by saying, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Now, see, he's pointing towards Christ who is to come and telling us why. And here's what he says in Hebrews 4, 9 through 10. So then there remains a Sabbath rest. Don't forget that phrase. A Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. You see, the ultimate Sabbath is a relationship with Christ. He is our Sabbath rest. And when we know him as our Sabbath rest, then we can see striving and working to earn salvation. And we can remember that it comes to us by faith through the grace of God. As the video reminded us, God lovingly gave Jesus to die for our sins. And he's never taken a day off from loving us. And our ultimate Sabbath is found, our ultimate Sabbath rest is found in Jesus. Salvation is spelled done. It's complete because of what Christ Jesus did for us. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 2. He says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in regards uh, uh, on, in, in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. See, the Sabbath isn't rules, it's not regulations, but the Sabbath rest is ultimately a relationship in Christ. That's what Jesus is all about. Now, 
Let's move then to the second thing about what we need to say. Understanding the principle of the Sabbath is first. Now, we need to understand the need to prepare for the Sabbath. How can we have such a good Sabbath that it makes for a good Monday? Well, we prepare. First of all, we need to prepare physically. I think in here, in this group, we probably got parents and families with a lot of different age range of children in that. But for most of us, we got to have a night that sometimes we, we go out or we do things. Most Sunday school class parties are on Saturday. I've always said it ought to be on Friday night instead of Saturday night. Because normally, if there's a Sunday school gathering on Saturday night, you get home late and you say, well, I've already given my time to my class. I don't need to go tomorrow, right? So that's why I've always said it needs to be on Friday. Well, the same thing is true. A lot of times the night for families to go out is on Saturday. And oftentimes they say it's family night, and what happens is that family gets scattered all over northeast Columbia and other places. So what happens if you do that on a regular basis? Well, Sunday morning rolls around, and nobody's ready to get up. Clothes aren't ready. You don't know what you're going to have to wear. Um, everybody's rushing for the bathroom. It's this hurry up and eat your breakfast, hurry up and brush your teeth, hurry up and get dressed, hurry up and get in the car. And all the way here you're bickering about what's her fault, his fault, this and that, and we should have started earlier, and why didn't you do this, and why didn't you do that? And then you turn the corner and you come into that driveway down here or here off of Polo Road, and miracles take place, don't they? You put on that smile on your face and you get out and you're ready to go into your classroom. Or come into worship. But you're not really in the frame of mind to worship and do it right, are you? So what if you took Friday as your night as a family? And you sat down and you talked about some of the things that you would do. And then you talked Saturday about what do I have to do to be prepared for Sunday. And you know what? Clothes have to be done. Pick it if you've got a lot of young ones in your family. You make sure that what they need to wear is laid out and ready to go. Go to bed a little bit earlier. Get a little bit more rest. All right, our young people are sitting here saying, you're killing my social life. Well, not really. Why don't you sit down with your parents and you talk about negotiating that, talking about what, what's an appropriate time? How much time should we be out on Saturday? What should be my time? If I want to go out on Saturday or Friday or both or whatever, you know, and come up with an agreement about that. Figure out how much time you need. Say you've got 20 minutes to drive here. So as you get ready 20 minutes earlier so you can get in the car and everybody's dressed, everybody's ready, you got your Bible, you got your offering, all of that, and you can even sing and relax on the way here. Everybody can sing. Kumbaya, whatever you want to sing. Well, maybe that's not a good idea. But what happens is when you prepare for it physically, I mean, we, we brought up three, four children, you know, and, and I was always busy getting ready and going to, to church early and you know, cookie had basic responsibility to that. But we made sure on Saturday night that everything was ready to put on on Sunday morning. Made your life go easier. Made the Sabbath go a whole lot easier. And I think if we did some of that, it would go well. You know, every family, I think, needs to sit down and negotiate. Let's talk about Sunday mornings. How can we make it go easier? How much time do we need? How much time do we need so we don't have to bicker? What time do you need to come in? How much time of sleep do you need? I mean, every family, whether you're the uh, normal nuclear family, or whether you're a blended family, whether you're a single parent, you know. Get together with your kids. Develop your own family plan. You know, that works for school as well, too. When we had children started doing all that, I got in the habit of making sure that what I was going to wear Sunday was out and ready to go for Sunday morning. You know, nothing had need to be ironed. I made sure that what I was putting on fit, because sometimes that was a problem that wouldn't fit me anymore. 
you know. I, my shirts get done at the cleaners because that way having a clean shirt for Sunday is between me and the dry cleaners and not my wife and myself because that could lend to some tension on Sunday morning. So I took care of some of those things. So those are some things to do physically to prepare. Now spiritually, let me just point out a few things. You know, you need to be prepared spiritually. So what if this afternoon or tomorrow morning you talk with your family or friends about what you learn in church on Sunday? And remember... To get your Sunday card, you're supposed to retain everything you hear me say today. Okay? So you're able to sit down and have on a conversation about what you learned today about the Sabbath and how that will help you have a better Monday. You know, and you start to post that. By Friday, you post on your Facebook page, Sunday's coming. I can't wait for Sunday at Spring Valley Baptist Church. See, that starts you preparing and then that, that's a message that you send to other people. You love your church. You like to be there. You're anticipating being there on Sunday. I don't do Facebook, but sometimes Cookie shows me things that she thinks are pertinent for me to see. And I saw some people posted their Cracker Jacks last week. Well, this, this week would be great, you know. You, you can take a picture of yourself eating your, your um, Sunday and talk about the fact that Sundays at Spring Valley are great. They might not be as good as at Sonic, but they're great Sundays, you know, and make that analogy. Remember what God said in Isaiah? He says, you shall call the Sabbath a delight, and then you will find your joy in the Lord. Well, a couple of other things you need to do. You make sure you got your Bible, read your Bible lesson for that Sunday, prepared your offering, and brought that, and come to God's presence ready to worship. And when you do all of that, when you take Sunday seriously, you let it be a day of rest so you can refocus and refuel and worship God, then you will find that Mondays go a whole lot better. Now, maybe you're here today and you've got a heavy burden on you and, you and you need to deal with that. Well, you know, that's what Sabbaths are for. That's what Sunday in worship is all about. Maybe you need to come to Jesus, first of all, for salvation. And Scripture says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For if you believe in your heart, that, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. If you've not made that decision yet, if you haven't found your Sabbath rest in Jesus, then you're going to be incomplete in your life until you find that Sabbath rest in Christ. Or maybe you've got that burden of life, something burdening you down that you need to deal with. Jesus gives you that invitation as well for rest in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. See, Jesus is here. He offers himself to you for salvation and for rest. Father, we thank you for creating us with that rhythm that calls for us to rest and to come aside and, and to be in your presence for that rest and to honor you and to worship you. Help us to, to live the kind of lives that you intend for us to live so that we can make the Sabbath a delight and in that experience the joy of the Lord. Father, we pray that we will do all these things to help celebrate, to remember, and observe the Sabbath in the way that would honor you with glory and praise. 
And would give us the focus that we all need for our week to get off to a great start on Monday. Whether it's at work, whether it's at school, whatever we're about. And we pray for all of that through Christ, who is indeed our Sabbath worship and rest. In his name, amen.